0: Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Jacob Emmerman. We talked to Coach Ammerman about his journey from Division II Flagler College as an assistant coach to his role now at the University of Central Florida as a video coordinator. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: How you doing? I'm happy, happy to be on.
0: Great to have you on. I always looking for coaches with different perspectives, and as a video coordinator, I think we're gonna we're gonna hit that mark today. And I know uh, most of the coaches that are tuning in have served in almost every capacity that they, that they have in a program. And, and uh, seeing as you're getting your start there at Central Florida under Coach Dawkins, I, I really, really want to get your perspective and, and feel like this is going to be beneficial even for people who are aspiring just to jump into the, to the profession at whatever level they can. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it, Coach. How were you introduced to the game of basketball?
1: Uh, I was I was introduced young, so I, I grew up in a, a small town in Newcastle, Indiana, uh, which which uh, listeners won't know, but it's uh, it's like the basketball heartland, uh, yeah. home, home of uh, Steve Alford and Kim Benson, and town uh, of three thousand people, and all there is to do is, is go to a high school basketball game on a Friday night. So that sounds like a it good is, day. uh I grew up grew up in a, a town of basketball, and then my dad. My dad was also a high school coach, so I grew up, I was in the gym as a baby, like a couple <laughs> weeks after I was born, my dad had me in the gym. So I've lived in the gym and then I was a gym rat growing up, uh, always working on my game and then uh, just always been around the game, always been around the atmosphere of a scene. So that's, that's where my true love kind of just came into the, the introduction of the game was, was just through where I grew up, who I was around. And um, my dad was a big key of that.
0: So, kind of pushing forward, going on to college at Flagler, what what goals did you have coming out of Flagler? As far as coaching, did you have what what did you have in mind coming out of college, Coach?
1: So, actually, um, coming out, you know, I knew I knew I wanted to be a coach, and I had I had a ton of short term goals, and I had a ton of long term goals. And my, my short term goals coming out of Flagler um, was to be a graduate assistant um, at, a, at a college, get my okay. master's degree. So I actually didn't reach that goal right away. Uh, I failed. I, I didn't, I came out and I couldn't find a GH spot. So wow. I actually had to go out that summer and work camp and I went to a coaching clinic. And when I realized I'm not going to fulfill my goal here, uh, Bo Clark, the head coach of Flagler, brought me on as a second assistant coach, and awesome. You know, at at the time, at the time, you sitting there thinking, "Man, what a failure!" But I wouldn't have got my GA spot a year later uh, if I wouldn't have had that one season there at Flagler. So, yeah, it it, it kind of just worked out. And then, um, obviously, the the short term goal I didn't get. The long term goal was obviously I want to be a head coach at a at a college. Uh, a university and obviously you know someday i want to stand on that court and you know i always think about that moment watch a one shining moment uh, yeah. with your team on the court so that's you know you always envision stuff like that but you know that's that's definitely the goal um Good but deal. you know they, like i said I, short-term long-term goals you know goals kind of change you know Every day, almost.
0: So yeah, you revise them. You go back. You you, you revise those goals sometimes, and kind of figure exactly. out what's my life more conducive to now, or what's conducive for my life, I should say. And, exactly. uh, and yeah, so that's great. Um, so who or what influenced you to to go into the coaching world? Was it solely your dad, or what, what other coaches did you have in your life? So yeah, so I I've
1: been very very lucky to have some great coaches. And I, that's kind of what shaped me through my playing career is I uh, had my dad and then I had a guy named Ryan Panone, which is uh, Ryan's been overseas the last couple of years, but he's going to be the new head coach of the Erie Bayhawks um, okay. G League team this year. Um, um, he was my high school coach. And, uh, you know, I truly didn't understand the game as kind of the NBA terminology of the game until I, until I got with him that's when I started realizing, you know, the, the different things, the NBA and the pro level, of the European game kind of look at, well, that's, that's where I learned the basis of offenses. Uh, I remember running horns and like running, <laughs> running NBA sets, running yeah. quick hitters. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I fell in love with the, the offensive side of the, of the basketball, learning sets and kind of understanding spacing and, he he, kind of helped shape me into that. And then, culture-wise, I learned a lot of culture stuff from Bo Clark at Flagler. Um, just learned just learned the in, ins and outs of being a coach, how to treat people, how to motivate your team, yeah. uh, different different stuff like that. But the coaches is it, what always kind of influenced me uh, to go into coaching. Yeah, and then just. The love of the game, like I mentioned before with my dad, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, I always looked up to my dad, so I always knew, you know, someday I wanted to be like him yeah. and, um, obviously I'm a comp- I'm a very competitive person. So I'll, I also wanted to be in something that's competitive, um, yeah, naturally, but th- those are the biggest reasons why I wanted to get into coaching.
0: You know, a lot of coaches talk about the competitiveness, and not that it ever goes; it becomes dormant when you're not playing. It just you kind of got to rechannel it, and I think that's a really good uh, and coaching is a great way to rechannel uh, your competitiveness, man, because then you can kind of uh, I don't know pass that on to your players. I always feel like a, a coach's personality is taken on by his players if they spend enough time with him. The the, the teams that don't. Uh, kind of take on their coaches' uh, personalities because they're not spending enough time. In my opinion, that's just me. Uh,
1: but hey, no, exactly. You're so, right. Yeah. I mean, you always hear the the stories of all the greats and how competitive they are. You hear Michael Jordan uh, treated every practice like it was a game seven. You hear yeah. Tom Brady wants to win and everything he does, whether it's chugging a beer to playing <laughs> golf. Uh, even even the guy I work for, Johnny Dawkins, he hates to lose and. If he loses the game, he's dwelling on every every second of that game. It's, yeah. it's the the winning mindset that the players just kind of rub off on. Uh, if if you're not used to that winning culture, then witnessing the person that's kind of the leader, like I said, Tom Brady's a leader, uh, the player leader, and Michael Jordan, the player leader, and then a guy like Johnny Dawkins, you, you witnessing the head coach or the best player with that winning mindset it can it can shape a whole culture and you kind of you always play off that so it's it's a key it's a key to have that a part of uh like a championship team yeah no a championship
0: mindset uh of refusing to let off the 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 gas mindset and i i I really uh, enjoy being a part of teams like that because there's nothing you can't accomplish at the end of the day Mm -hmm. even if you don't win it all even if it the games don't come out in your favor, you know, tomorrow's another day and you're going to keep fighting together. Uh, it's just, it's just a great environment to be a part of. So going into that coach, seeing as that at your, as your current role, how, how is that preparing you for a future in coaching? Do you feel?
1: Oh, uh, it's, it's really preparing me a lot because uh, video coordinators and uh, I don't know if during the summer league listeners might have heard this, but I think it was Fran Pashila talking about video guys. And he was talking about that. A lot of people don't realize when they're getting in the business, that the video guy is the head coach's best friend. And Mm. he said that because you spend the most time one-on-one discussing just basketball with that head coach. Uh, You know, an ops guy could be talking about travel yeah. assistant coach talking about players the video guy is talking 100 just about the x's and o's yeah of a basketball and the thing that prepares me is my mind's always growing i have to always be one step ahead of coach yeah. uh so if that's the trend of the game i gotta know it so he knows it yeah or if that's if that's how to guard a ball screen i have to know it before he does Yeah. Uh, So always, always it prepares you because you're always one step ahead uh, of what he's thinking, and it also prepares you because you know you always um, are in those type of meetings, uh, and a guy like Coach Dawkins lets you talk in those meetings, which is which is kind of rare for head coaches. So, I could go in a staff meeting and I could say. You know, I could I could give the big, you know, how we guard Zion Williamson or something, or how we guard such and such, or this is the set we should run. Like, yeah. coach Coach Dawkins comes from a philosophy that Coach K had that a great ideal can come from anyone, yeah. and that doesn't matter if it's a manager, if it's a video guy, or you know who. If it if it's gonna be successful, coach coach will coach will do it. So, yeah. uh, it prepares you for that head coaching spot in that way cuz you're always ready, you understand the game. Yeah. Uh but then it it kind of it kind of you grind though. You you really work really hard in that position. Yeah. So when you move you move on to the other positions, you're you're used to that grind cuz Yeah. I mean, you work a ton of hours cutting up film, <laughs> making motivational yeah. videos. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, doing all kinds of fun stuff so uh, that's just like Francis Sheila said because you're the you're like the coach's best friend or whatever. Yeah. You stay in that basketball realm mindset, you know, almost every day. So it, it really it really expands your knowledge of the game, which which definitely helps your role.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds man, that sounds super, super intuitive uh from the standpoint of like I, I move forward in my career and I'm learning every step of the way so that when I'm called upon at some point to take whatever position. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. I'm not just ready. I am prepared for it.
1: No doubt. And Definitely builds the confidence. Yeah. Sure. Yeah,
0: no, that's great, coach. Uh so, you know, have, being in the program that you're in and the programs you've been a part of, uh what how important to you is building relationships?
1: Uh it's very important. Um you know, just like in business or anything you do, relationships is one of those things that if you want to be successful, you gotta you gotta be together. And just like Coach Dawkins always says, the the, the greatest teams are always the most together teams. Yeah. So uh, there's got to be a sense of closeness, um, and even in college basketball, like in recruiting, you gotta have great relationships with the kids, with the AAU coaches, with the parents. Um, it's very important, and, and in regards in regards to recruiting, but not only that, like in a, in a team, coach Dawkins has great relationships with all our players. I mean, it's like a a father son relationship, really. I mean, he, he treats them, you know, as he treated his own son, he had Aubrey Dawkins on our team this year, which is his son. And he didn't treat him any differently. He treated him like he was a player. Um, And there's a lot of respect for that, you know, team wide. There's
0: a lot of respect no from doubt. that, I'm sure, coming from the staff as well. Because no I'm, I'm sure as a head coach and being as successful as, as some of these head coaches have been when they bring on their sons, it's either mm-hmm. I'm going to make an example out of them or I'm going to give them a little bit of a break. Who knows? But if they just no treat doubt. them like everybody else, man, that's a great setup. And it just here again builds that concept of that, like you said about yourself. If, if no anybody doubt. has input, it's all it's ready, it's good to go. I'll listen, I'm open and I'm fair. And, and that's a great yeah, you, message. Yeah, you
1: could come watch our practice last year and besides coach Dawkins and his son looking alike, you would never know their father and son uh, he treated him just like he was um, just one of the guys and that yeah. that helped make us better. That's that's kind of the way our culture is though. It's just it's uh you know, doesn't matter who you are, if you're a walk-on or you are our best player. Uh, you're gonna be held accountable in some sort of way, no matter no matter what happens. That's great.
0: So, coach, kind of looking back into this point where you're at now, uh, were there any obstacles that could have deterred you from kind of meeting this goal? And, and like you know, because you you talked earlier about not getting that GA spot early on, was there was there anything else that you know personally, professionally, could have gotten your way from from getting you to this point?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's tough as a young coach coming out. Like, really, kids coming out of college, they don't really understand what it takes to get into coaching. And I I was one of the first to learn. um, Get into coaching, man. You gotta. Obviously, you gotta have a great relationship with somebody. Yeah. Or financially, financially can be really tough because you're usually working one, two three however so many years for free yeah so it's a big financial burden or you're taking out student loans uh to go to school via ga or whatsoever my first year at flagler there's the second assistant uh i made five thousand dollars for the whole year wow. and i was living off that and i wanted to get better in coaching so i only did the coaching i didn't do a yeah. side job I I lived in this office. I, I did it all. I wanted to I wanted to go one year of just learning. Yeah. So that almost deterred me because it was tough financially. It was I can tough. Can imagine. And it was uh, it's definitely something you got to be able to sacrifice for what you want. If you really want to be in this business, you got to sacrifice. And you know, I'm so happy I did it now. Yeah. You know, but. It, it could be really tough for somebody, you know, that's kind of short of money. Um, and also at first coming in, I didn't, I didn't understand the grind. I didn't understand the kind of work ethic it took. So that could, that could definitely deter some people. Yeah. Um, because in this business, you got to be able to put the hours in, um, for many reasons. Um, obviously there's a lot to do. And then, your players will play harder for you if they see that you're working hard and they yeah. see that you're always, you know, kind of doing something. So I'd say financially, uh, is the biggest key uh, for a young coach who wants to get in understanding the grind, understanding that if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatsoever, that you're going to be spending a lot of hours away from them in the office, um, or in the practice course, you're going to be missing holidays. You're going to be, you know, that's just, that's just the way this business is. Yeah. Um, but obviously those obstacles didn't scare me. I'm still in the business, but uh, my advice for young coaches to get in, just understand that concept going in. Yeah. If you're built for that, because that can, that can be very tough. Um, that can be very tough if you're trying to get in this business.
0: It can be kind of shocking to the senses and to the, <laughs> to the mind and to the dream and the ego probably, <laughs> Uh, but those are great. Those are no great. Yeah, those are great keys to to kind of helping uh, people understand when they want to get into this coaching thing, what all it can entail. So, mm-hmm. you know, you talked to, you talked about a couple of things, but you also talked about accountability, and I want to kind of revisit that because I feel like in a lot of programs it's really important, and in the program that you're in, and with the players that you work with on a daily basis. How important is accountability on, on your end, you know, as far as you being accountable and then ac- accountability across the board, how, how important is that in, in your
1: program? I uh, mean, it's very important. Um, you know, if you want to have a championship program, you can't have that without accountability. Yeah. Um, you can have, you can have great players on your roster, but if you don't hold them accountable, they're going to, they're going to whatever they want. Uh, and that's just, it's not a knock against athletes. It's just how, you know, players are. I mean, it's, it's hard to win off talent alone. You gotta, you gotta get better every day. And it it helps when your head coach like ours does Johnny Dawkins, he holds our players accountable. Like, like no other, he's awesome at it. But the teams that usually stick out is not only the head coach. If you have your best player being the one holding guys accountable, that, that definitely helps you all. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, you to have a great culture, you definitely have to have accountability in your program. You can't you can't shortcut the rungs. You can't miss class. Uh, you got to you got to have an attention to detail over everything you do because that sets the standard of how you compete on the court. Um, and as far as me being held accountable within what I do, uh, I hate making mistakes. So I make sure <laughs> yes. I, I say I have a video or something. I'm going to watch that thing through like five times to make sure I don't have any mistakes because I don't even think, you know, you know mistakes happen. Yeah. Sometimes mistakes happen, but, you know, when, when I make a mistake, you know, Coach Dawkins may say something to me and whatever he says to me isn't, isn't worse than what I say to myself because I get yeah. so mad at myself. I hate making mistakes. So just having the accountability on yourself sometimes, like sometimes you just have to be like the owner Uh, and coach preaches this too. He wants us all to be owners of our program. Yeah. So he he tells me all the time, like, you know, you should feel like you're the head coach. If you see something that isn't right, you should fix it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And he says that to our managers too. If they see something right, you should fix it. If you see like trash laying on the practice floor, you should pick it up. You should you should feel like you own this company because yeah. that's what great programs do. They, they give a sense of ownership to kind of everybody.
0: Yeah. That's great. You know, cause that's a, uh, it's a very, uh, I don't know how to say it, but, but as a head coach, you can feel kind of not at ease, but not on pins and needles because you know, everybody's kind of policing each other, holding, uh, holding each other accountable. And exactly. therefore you can be everywhere almost at once in a sense omnipresent because everybody's kind of taking on the role of what you would do if you were walking, you know, around kind of observing. So I think that that's very, very comforting for a head coach to know that his team can actually, and, and, and everybody involved can, can take that role of, of ownership. And, and that's great. Uh, exactly. so, you know, you talked earlier about the things that you sacrifice to kind of, to kind of do the hours, the, uh, you know, the I mean, I don't. Do you travel with the team on road trips and all that as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I travel, yeah there's, lot,
0: yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of sacrifices that you make, even even with the capacity that you're serving now. Uh, so I would say, coming up in college, what sacrifices did you have to make just to get to this point? Because you can't be the you can't be the party guy. You can't be the the everything for everyone. Uh, oh, t- exactly. to get to yeah. this point what do what have you sacrificed uh to, to kind of get to this point
1: uh she's a lot <laughs> you sacrifice a lot and that i i had a uh i've had a girlfriend who's now my wife the whole time so there's awesome a lot of sacrifice starts there because a lot of hours are away from your significant other yeah a lot of holidays you're not with them Um uh, and that's, that's a big thing of sacrifice because the significant other is huge in your process of, of growing, uh, to be a coach. Uh, especially when you first start out, if you are dating somebody and they, they kind of nag on you or give you a hard time about your hours, that makes (laughs) it tough to do anything. Uh, if you're chasing a dream and luckily I've always had somebody next to me that has always kind of supported my goals, uh, and that definitely helps so that's one big thing you have to sacrifice is the, the time away from your significant other that's probably one of the biggest um yeah. especially for a young guy that's obviously a big a big factor because yeah. you know you're in that stage of trying to figure out you know who you want to marry and, and that kind of thing you know yeah. at, at that age usually so that's a big thing uh sacrifice wise and then it's not only that you sacrifice time with your parents and you know, it's, it's all about people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things. The other thing you sacrifice, um, uh, in the season, uh, being a coach is sleep and not a lot of people uh, talk uh, about this, uh, uh, but you are up a lot and you are grinding and you live off coffee and, uh-huh. uh, you sacrifice so many hours. Um, Coach Dawkins, we watch, we play the game, win or, win or lose. We could win by 40 or lose by one, and we're going to watch film of the game after the game. So we are in the office. Say we play at 7 p.m. We get done at 9.30. We're in the office from about 9.30 to 2 a.m. And then we practice the next day. We'll have a meeting before practice. Uh, so you, we are constantly grinding. um and that's that's the kind of sacrifice it takes. Yeah. And you yeah. sacrifice your body. Uh, you know, you go six months without going to the dentist, without you know going to the doctor. If you're sick, you're toughing it through. Yeah, yeah. You sac- sacrifice your body uh, with flying. You know, I've, I've been on a plane already in 2019 forty times. And, uh, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I know. Me and my wife counted it up. It's it's nuts. Wow. Uh, so you sacrifice. You know obviously we're flying a lot it comes like neck pain and all that stuff. So all that, all that stuff comes in the factory, But but yeah. you do it all because you love what you do and you love the guys you coach. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that kind of makes it all worth it. Definitely. And, and there's, there's a lot of different things you sacrifice now in my job, but uh, coming up, like I said, at the beginning, the biggest sacrifice you're going to have to make is the time away from the people you love. And, I mentioned financially earlier. Earlier, those are the biggest two. So, yeah. if if you are on board to sacrifice those two things, uh, you're in pretty good shape. I never was a big party animal. Gotcha. As far as you know, I always had a bigger purpose, and I understood my why why I was go. doing stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's time to have fun. There's time not to have fun. So, yeah, time and know, place. In, time and a place. So you always got to know that you have a bigger purpose. If you really want to be in this profession, you got to understand that one night out doesn't shape, you know, what your purpose is and what you want to do. So you got to, you got to be able to sacrifice that kind of stuff too.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. That's a great word right there. Um, so kind of thinking back into this point again, I mean, I always want to have coaches reflect as well when we when we jump on these podcasts. Is like, well, how how are you learning about what are you learning about yourself, and what have you learned about yourself in this process? Because like like everything we're talking about, I, I imagine there's a lot of self growth involved. What well, what what are you yeah. learning through this process?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is. How much I hate losing and how much I like winning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. When you get Join into the coaching, club, man. When you get into coaching, man, you, especially when you know you have a talent, like you should win every game. Yeah. You know, when you lose, I mean, and especially you lose a heartbreaker. I don't even want to talk about our last game last year because it <sighs> still hurts. It all it always hurts. But yeah. You know you learn how much you like the highest of highs, and you, you learn how much you hate the lowest flows and that's one big big thing obviously you learn you know coming up through the game when I was getting into coaching you learn your work ethic you learn how much you are willing to work and um that was one of the biggest things um you know as you're growing up as a player and you're going through school and all that stuff you know you got all kinds of different agendas, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're excited to get out of school to go play. Like you're not, you're not working as hard as every attention to detail as possible. When you're in this coaching world, your, your attention to detail and your work ethics, everything is so high. If you want it to be the absolute best it can be. So. Yeah. And That, you know, Um, you, you
0: mentioned that last game, that was one of the toughest games I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, And you talk about learning a lot about yourself and how you're going to, you know, respond to a situation like that in the locker room. I can't imagine what that was like. That's probably one of those situations where like, man, we had we had them. They were we were right there and kind of of the process that is always tough and you can learn a lot about yourself in those moments. So that's kind of the, uh, the other side of the coin as well.
1: Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the power of sports right there. Is yeah. you know sitting there thinking you're gonna win the game and a couple things don't go your way and um, you don't get to roll at the end and yeah. uh, you know coach coach said it in his um, in his post game talk that kind of went viral is you know um, a season's like a lifetime it's like one it's like your life I mean. yeah you born at the beginning of the season and at the end, at the end of your lifetime, you know, you're going to, you're going to be ending the season crying in tears uh, because you're sad or are you are going to cry because you're happy? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that sums up the season. You see, it's, it, he always says the season's a lifetime for that yeah. reason because it's always going to come to an end at some point and it's either you're happy or you're sad. Yeah. And,
0: Great perspective. You know,
1: sadly, I, you know, I feel like we could have won it all. I feel like we had the talent to win it all. And and that's the thing that, you know, when you get to that time of year, uh, everybody's talented. Yeah, yeah. You got to kind of have that luck factor on your side. And uh, sadly, you know, that day we didn't have it. Yeah, and that's why it's called March Madness.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Because, you know, things go the other way and we're, you know – it's the best best time of the year, like the song says, the most wonderful time of the year, like the song says. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, and no it, doubt. So learning points, uh, kind of learning more about yourself, uh, you know, the time and effort that you put in uh, kind of takes you to that point of wins and losses because, I mean, it's like you also take into account, like, man, we spent so much time to prepare for this game, and here it went. But at the end of the day, it always gets you better. It always gets you better, no matter what, because you, you were even, so... Even,
1: even from that, even from the Duke game, you know, we learned there's so many good teaching points. Yeah. Um, so many good teaching points for our guys and, you know, teaching points for us as coaches. And, you know, it's, what made that game so tough is because... You know, I was there recruiting. I was on Taco's recruiting trip when he came as a high school kid. You know, the relationships, and we talked about that earlier, but that's all you think about after that. Yeah. I didn't think about any of that stuff. Right after the game, I thought about, man, I can't believe I'm not going to be able to coach this kid anymore. I'm going to miss him about the relationships because that's family which uh, is always the tough part about coaching college is, you know, if you're lucky to have a kid for four years or in some, some of those kids' cases, like B.J., I was with 10 to 5 years, B.J. Taylor. Yeah, um, It's just so hard to, to grasp the concept of not, not being able to coach them anymore. And then, you know, you think that right after the game, and then you realize that a couple months down the line when I'm going to watch them all at Summer League that, They'll always be your players.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's a fantastic feeling. That's the uh, what do you say? The light at the end of the tunnel. The the sun exactly. coming up the next day. All those analogies that we use as coaches.
1: Exactly. We
0: get. We kind of have to practice what we're preaching in that sense. And yeah, to, to 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 you know to look on the court now. You know, I'm watching summer league, and I'm seeing Taco fall, and everybody's making a big big fuss about him, which they should because he's he's this. You know, from what I know super great person and then also the his ability on the court he's not your average not that there is an average seven foot seven player or seven six player but he's really he's a really different different type of cat and that's
1: he's a great person yeah great humble kid man he he deserves all the success that's about to happen his way Uh, you're talking about one of the most dominant players to ever play college basketball and he didn't get the acknowledgement he should have got in College because he was a difference maker. Oh, yeah. Ever ever Made up the year. lane. <laughs> could do nothing with them in there. Dude, teams had to game plan it differently. They had to have a separate scouting, of course, for when he was in the yeah. game, when he was out the game. I mean, yeah. he, and not only that, like I said, he's just a good person. Good he, person, yeah. You know, he calls you if, you know, he, he calls me before I get married and, says how happy he is for me and that's great. you know wow. stuff like that, that you know
0: that means a lot to you he's, he's that type of kid yeah no that's a salt of the earth type person so coach I know you're just getting started in this at the college level uh with you know at this level uh the division one where do you see yourself in the, in the next five to ten years maybe not specifically but uh you know at a, whatever it's the same program different program but what where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself uh, as an assistant? Do you do? You, I mean, where, how how do you feel about the future and what that what that looks like for you?
1: You know, it's a it's a really question to answer. You know, I had like I said, I always have my short term goals and my long term goals, and you know, my long term goal is standing out there with my team, listening to one shining moment after winning the national championship, and that's always been my long term goal. Um, but short term right now, obviously is I want to, you know, I obviously want to take that next step in the coaching and, uh, move up As you know, I want to grow in the game and, you know, I one day want to eventually reach my long-term goal, but you know, I've, uh, I've always been taught, you know, by my dad and, and by the coaches that I've had that, uh, sometimes when you're in the spot looking ahead, you know, five to 10 years, you forget what's in front of you now. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, my mindset, you know, has always been to work the job the hardest I have right now. And then in five to 10 years, all that will pay off and I'll end up reaching my goals. So yeah.
0: be where you're at, uh, be where your feet are at right now. Yeah. Got you.
1: Exactly. I was like, I want to be a GA. I want to be a GA. I want to be a GA. And my heart was broken. And uh, my heart was broken at the end of that summer. And I learned that lesson right there is, you know, just do what you, you know, I have a great, great job right now. So I'm going to work that the hardest I possibly can. And I, you know, I have faith that everything is going to work itself out in five to 10 years and that someday I'm going to reach that goal. Uh, and, you know, do it as humble as possible and do yeah. it to the best of my ability. And I think that's a great mindset to have. Um, you know, a lot of times in positions like mine, you know, people are so kind of antsy to to move up move up or you know you know how that goes yeah they they forget to take the time and enjoy the process and enjoy enjoy learning and you know like i said being one of the coach's best friends taking taking that time to really enjoy that process and and learning as much as they can just being like a sponge and soaking it all in um so that's that's kind of my mindset gotcha and but uh yeah, that's uh, in five to ten years. I can't really tell you. But <laughs> yeah, no,
0: <laughs> I hear everything you're saying, Coach, and it yeah, and, and it's yeah. not. And I believe you. It's not like you're telling me this, and I'm like, okay, sure, buddy. I, mean, I, 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 I believe what you're telling me,
1: kind of. I know, hey, I know, I know. Sometimes you know people say that kind of stuff, and yeah. like, you know, you know, sometimes you hear stuff, and and uh, but yeah, I'm just because my like I said, man, my heart was broken. When yeah. I didn't get that spot, uh, I remember crying, man. I don't even cry. And I <laughs> cried, man. Because yeah. I had told everybody, like, I was going to be a GA. Like, okay. I was heartbroken. Yeah.
0: Man. And so, you know what? That experience probably is what's going to help you to get further and further. Because had you been con- if you had gotten that position early on, who knows? Maybe you would have still been successful in a fast amount of time. Or, you know, eventually, yeah. But I think you appreciate things more when you're kind of, there's a disappointment. And then we teach players this all the time. We teach our teams this all the time about kind of how basketball is a microcosm of life and how we can bounce back from a disappointment. And then it helps us to appreciate the the end goal once we reach it. So speaking of end goals and speaking of, you know, your career, what, and I, because we talk about legacy all the time on this podcast, and, and I just think that it's an important uh, uh, agent of, causing change or adjustments in your life as you're progressing and as you're going through that process. Uh, so from today until you reach that end goal, uh, what would you want people to say about you and your legacy to be in, in the coaching profession?
1: That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think I just want to, you know, obviously everybody gets in the game for different reasons, but you know this. This last year taught me a lot about legacies, and we had a couple guys that probably left the best legacy in UCF history uh, because of the type of people they were, player-wise, the the type of player they were, how they played the game, how they won, and how good of a kid they are. And I, yeah. I learned a lot from that. So, you know, obviously I want to win, and that's that's one thing. I'm not I'm not doing these in order, but one thing is I want to be a winner because I've, I've been taught by winners and yeah. that's kind of what, you know, obviously you play the game to win. Yeah. But I want to change the life. It's just like I mentioned taco and then guys changed my life. I, you know, I was physically, emotionally a wreck knowing that when I got done with coaching them, man, what's it going to be like not coaching them guys anymore? I want, I want to change kids lives in that, in that sort of way. Uh, yeah for the better and that's that's true right there I you know I want to want to have a successful culture in what I do and I want I want players you know when I'm long gone and you know on my deathbed or whatever to, to be like man he was a great man he he taught me a lot about life and that's yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things is you know you always think about legacy I always picture me sitting on my deathbed and and you know I always picture, it's, it's a weird image, I picture players coming in and seeing you or calling you on the phone. And yeah, I think about I that you. stuff. Like, what, what are guys going to come in and say to me? Yeah. What it, what are the memories we're going to have made? Uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things is you want to create something like that that lasts forever because, you know...
0: That's what you take man, with you, Coach. Uh, yeah, that's what you take with you, Relationships. No you you can't take no anything that's, else that's with you the at the end of the thing. day. You know, and you're talking you know, about you, how you're building relationally with these guys and the and the kind of ideas that you have of how things will be. Man, you gotta do yeah, that yeah. with other people. You can't do that in and of yourself. You're not the Lone Ranger. It, it takes a village, it takes all those things, so many people to get things accomplished in this life. And so I completely hear what you're saying.
1: You can win all you can win a bunch of ball games in your life as a coach and if you, you know, you're sitting there you know, on your deathbed, and nobody's coming to see you. I mean, yeah, nobody's calling you. That's tough. Then it's tough, man, because the whole the whole aspect is, you know, you want to win, but you want people to have their lives changed by you, and you yeah. want to be like a father figure or that kind of that kind of guy in their life that really really helps them move along in their lifetime and, and their careers, and you want to be good role models and stuff like that. And yeah that's just kind of the legacy that, you know, I, I hope to someday, you know, give my future players.
0: Yeah. Coach, that's a, uh, that's amazing because I feel like every young coach coming up, uh, if they can kind of take that approach, uh, you know, already understanding that being whatever, being a GA or, or wherever they're at, uh, at the beginning of their careers and starting off in programs and, they can kind of have that understanding of where they, where they want to end up. Uh, they can start taking steps and always kind of be mindful in, in, of it uh, so mm-hmm. that they don't make any decisions that could possibly deter them or uh, kind of spoil that. So, Coach, I really appreciate your time. I thank you for being on. I'm glad you, we, we connected and uh, and I look forward to, to to keeping up with your very long career, and and also your long marriage with that. Uh, yeah, thank you so that, much. I yeah, appreciate that. I, I always, hey, always wish sure, that for she'll, coaches. will love
1: that you mentioned that at the end too. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, because <laughs> you know I've I've been married for 16 years, and I've been coaching for 24. So that during that first eight years of coaching, you know I never had to like you know I could do whatever I want. Uh, yep, yep. And, and now that I'm married with four kids, I, I don't do whatever I want necessarily, but I do what I know is going to help my family. What, what's going to make my kids and my wife proud of me? And, okay. uh, and that's what keeps the peace in the home. And that's what keeps the happiness there. No question, man. Because we're no all question. fulfilled by each other's love. And, and, and here again, the culture that we build at home. So, because uh, I always tell people, you're, the the first right. team you're going to deal with is the team at home, and if you get oh, that no if you get that one right, man, uh, you'll, you're you're going to have success uh, everywhere else. Hopefully, uh, wow, that's, but,
1: that's powerful. Yeah, yeah that's 100 percent true. So, Coach, that, that's the thing with my wife too. Is she? And that's the thing. The power of your marriage is you want somebody also that's going to push you. And yeah. That's one thing I've always had with with my uh, always wanted me to. She'll let me know if she thinks you know I give a BS effort. She's going to push me <laughs> to be the best I can be. And, yeah, you know a lot of a lot of guys don't like that, but yeah. wives so good at that, man. <laughs> as a coach, you want that, man. You yeah. want to be the best you can be. So truth teller, she, she does that. But we are a team. She, she's my biggest fan as well. Awesome. So
0: that's great to hear, coach. So here again, coach. Her, I,
1: I, pre- I appreciate you letting yeah. me be on this thing, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Had a, had a wonderful time talking to you. Uh, likewise likewise yeah. this, is a, this is a great thing you're doing for, for coaches and especially young coaches out there is you know podcasts like this man it's it's a great thing and you know if i'm a young listener out there um you know maybe this may fall into one of my short-term goals to try to try to be on one of these things and yeah you know definitely yeah. definitely helps you girl, listening to podcasts you know. yeah
0: no it does it's informative and it's helpful and, it's a, and this is a support support system of sorts, and we're all learning from each other and getting better every day. I think that's that's the ultimate goal for coaches, uh, or leaders in general. So here, get yeah. coach. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Uh, hope you know coming up, getting ready for the season, summer workouts, all that good stuff, the recruiting, uh, everything. I just wish you all nothing but success and and, and good luck the whole way through.
1: Appreciate that, man. Thank you so much again for having me on. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.